When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with everybody today. It's Sunday, man. It's Sunday. And on Sundays, you got to talk football. It's, it's just what it is. I don't care if there's no games. I don't care if the crowd's smaller because it's not the week. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. All I know is it, we're, we're so close. We're so close to the draft. Uh, it is. It, it's just right there. And you know, one of the things that I'm pumped about. One, I feel like the rest of the media world has finally caught up to. Nobody knows what the hell the 49ers are going to do with the third overall pick. So that's fun. Uh, but I'm going through all this draft film. It's it's just an absolute blast. You get past you know the first round. I get the number three overall pick. We're going to talk a little bit about that. I understand that. But there's so much more to a draft. You look back to the very first draft that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch had. It was abysmal bringing back a word from the past. But you had this one pick in there in the fifth round, George Kittle. You know, he's on his way to a Hall of Fame career if he continues at this pace. Already got two Pro Bowls, one All-Pro year. You know, broke the record for most receiving yards ever. That got surpassed this year. But you get those, you know, draft gym slash nuggets, Dre Greenlaw. You get those guys, and those are the ones that become your favorite. Now, with a quarterback and, you know, having a pick in the top three, that changes everything. But it's... It's it's the other picks that matter so much, and all that to say, man, I'm cranking out as much draft content as I can. Uh, just got news uh, from a couple scouting friends that the NFL is about to start cracking down on releasing um, all 22 uh, game tape for scouting uh, online. So, uh, having said that, if you do follow me on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman, I had to start a backup account because I'm probably going to get suspended. Um, it's at John Chapman underscore, so J-O-H-N-C-H-A-P-M-A-N underscore. So if for some reason I disappear off the deep webs, that is where I will be. Uh, I will never learn my lesson. I will always put out content. Uh, it's just the way that it goes. Uh, now we have a giveaway, which I'm excited about, and we're going to be looking backwards. What is it that we can learn from past draft mistakes, especially at the quarterback position, and how not to repeat those uh, same mistakes in the past? And I'm talking about myself personally. You know, I put out... Um, a draft book every single year where, you know, I grade over 100 players, go through, watch at least two to three game tapes on each one, and just write up what I see, what scares me, what I like, the scheme fit, all those things. And so what I'm going to do, man, I'm, I'm going to be harsh on myself, and I'm going to go back through and show some of my biggest misses at quarterback, which I think the NFL had a lot of those as well. And so we're going to talk through those, see where I missed, see why I missed, and why other people missed, and how not to replicate that as well. Giveaway, as I said, and then we're going to talk about some more day, uh, round two prospects 
that are going to be some perfect fit. Shout out to the Countdown Crew. Hashtag CCs. I see you. I see you. What's up, Sergio? Glad to be with you today, man. Sunday fun day is exactly correct, man. Uh, appreciate Shot J. Looking suave as always, my dude. Appreciate the compliments. I love it. Uh, let's go, man. Let's jump into this. Um, Raymond, he asked this question. Who's your real feel on who we are getting? I feel like this is all smoke screen about Mac Jones. Um, just what's your gut feel? Yeah, if I had to bet on it, uh, which I am a betting man, and we'll be talking about that later this week with some draft props. Um, yeah, it, Justin Fields just makes the most sense. Now, if me personally, who I would pick, Trey Lance, I'm team Trey Lance all the way, but there's way more risk involved with Trey Lance. You still have the same upside, but Justin Fields, I, I just think it makes too much sense. Shanahan's all about connections. He already has coached this young man, knows this guy for the past seven years. It just makes too much sense. And Kyle Shanahan is, and John Lynch are going to both Trey Lance and Justin Fields' second pro days, which is whoever would have guessed that'd be a thing, <laughs> a second pro day, but here we are in the COVID world. Uh, that's what it, that's what it's going to be. So I, 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 the Mac Jones hype, man, that was all manufactured from <laughs> Kyle's former college roommate and one person took it and ran with it 49ers don't leak man go listen to the previous episode 49ers don't leak they don't leak um it's it's just not happening um let's see here tyson he says john what will your draft day stream be like so it's going to be very very similar to what you see on espn nfl network all those things uh, all those clips i'm cutting I will have draft footage on the top probably 75 prospects. We're going to be days one and two uh, live here on YouTube. Uh, wherever you're watching this, that's where you're going to want to be at for all of days one and two. We'll probably start about 20 minutes before the draft. Um, we're going to be doing giveaways, 49ers trivia. It's going to be 49ers centric. My buddy at host Chuck B will be on here as well, answering questions and things like that. So whenever a player gets picked, I'm going to have clips. I'm going to have breakdowns. I'm going to have all that stuff, stats. And the best thing about it is 49ers centric. Yeah, we're going to talk about the other teams, fits, whatever else, all that. But it's going to be exactly what you want for your football team. I'm so excited. We had over uh, pretty close to 2,000 people last year tuning in across all platforms. We're going to double that number this year. Um, so that was live. And, man, we're going to be giving away multiple things. So still working with a couple companies to get um, the best merchandise that I can give for you. But we're going to be having trivia, giveaways. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be fun. I'm going to have alcohol here. It's going to be a good time. So, um, yeah, it, it's the place to watch the draft. Yeah, that's all I can say. I don't think anybody else is really doing this. But we're going to have a good time. Now. We'll get to some more questions as we move forward. As always, tag me so I can see those. Um, but, man, 49ers have made roster moves. We've got to talk about the, the quarterback, <laughs> maybe not that we wanted. The 49ers bring in a backup quarterback, Nate Sudfeld. Now, from the Eagles, they love this guy. And a couple of my Eagles, you know, People that work for different podcasts and writing stuff, I asked them, what are your thoughts on Nate Sudfield? All of them were really, really upset that he left. They wanted him to stay in Philly. But they bring him over. This is a big Scangarello kind of pick. And here's what I think this means. <laughs> the 49ers, when they said, when John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan talk, listen, listen. They said, we are going to look to upgrade all quarterback positions, including the backup quarterback position. Now they have created a fight for QB3. I don't think that this really affects Jimmy Garoppolo at all. I think that this is Nate Sutfeld versus Josh Rosen, who we're going to talk about later in, the, in this, this program today. I think that's kind of what's key. So obviously they traded up to three to get a quarterback. So they're upgrading long-term quarterback. Jimmy G, will they move on Jimmy G if they get a haul? Yes. If they get a first rounder, I think they'll trade Jimmy G like that. If they get a top 40 pick, I think they'll trade Jimmy G. But I don't think they're going to get it. So I think you keep Jimmy Garoppolo. He starts. You rest the rookie or let him learn for a while unless Jimmy gets hurt or doesn't perform. Then it's the rookie's time to shine. Um, and I think that the quarterback three, that's going to be a battle. Is it Josh Rosen? Is it Nate Sudfeld? Now, they're paying Nate Sudfield some money. Um, and so this is going to be the most competitive quarterback room 
all across the NFL. And of all 32 teams, it's going to be bonkers. And I love it. This idea of we are not stagnant at this position any longer. It's cost us too many years. Three years of four with Kyle Shanahan have been ruined by the quarterback position. Ruined. Right? You had Hoyer the first year, CJ Beathard, that was a wash. You get Jimmy Garoppolo, he gets hurt. Okay, you lost that one. You go to the Super Bowl when he's finally healthy. Then he gets hurt again, it's a wash. Now, I know it's more complicated than that, but I love the fact that they are basically saying our quarterback three job is going to be competitive. Uh, you got to love it. Uh, the Masters is on, Brian. Um, I just got out of a family meeting. <laughs> My kiddos had like a little production that I was watching uh, that they were doing on Zoom. And so that's why I'm going a little bit later than normal here. But yeah, love the Masters. It's always a good time. Um, I don't have it on currently because I broadcast. I want to be <laughs> distracted. But yes, I will be turning it on big time. Um, also, Ronald Blair gets brought back in for a physical and the expectation is if he passes that physical, that's a big question mark. You remember he tore the ACL on that awesome sack against Russell Wilson back in 2019, the first time he played them, not even the Week 17 game. Um, he tears his ACL, has surgery. We sign him, we bring him back. Then there was complications. Um, he never even played a play, never came off the pup list. So we cut him, we brought him back for a physical. It would be incredible to get Ronald Blair back. Um, even if he's not ready, even if he is another pup guy, you're going to need guys on the edge late in the year. You're making a playoff run. That's what you're preparing for. And we have good defensive end depth without Ronald Blair. We have Bosa. We got Armstead. We got uh, Ibakum. And we have Jordan Willis. So we have those four stud guys on the edge. But, man, you add Ronald Blair to that list, he's ahead of Jordan Willis. If healthy, that's a question mark, and that's what this physical is about. But if he passes it... I really think that we could see him get signed. Um, so kind of pays, it's going to be a super low deal with huge bonuses if he does play. So it's not even going to be, you know, you might hear something like a one-year, you know, or a two-year $8 million deal. But again, as always with the 49ers, you just got to pump the brakes. When you see contract details, just know there's asterisks, caveats, ins, outs, all those things. Chill out. They're going to finesse it. This is going to be a very, very low deal. But I really want Ronald Blair back. I, One of the guys I'm just super high on, just an amazing guy out of Appalachian State. Um, let's see here. Um, Adam asked this question. Who's more Kyle's guy? Ooh, I like this. Tooney or Moore? I, I'm assuming you are talking about Elijah Moore. Um, you, the, there, there are a couple of those those guys out there that fit that. Me personally, man, it, it, it's interesting for sure. You know, there's Rondell Moore, there's Elijah Moore. I'm very high on Rondell Moore, and I'm going to be showing you some clips of him uh, later today. Rondell Moore played in Purdue. Elijah Moore played for Ole Miss. I like them. I have a second-round grade on Rondell. I have a third-round grade on Elijah. So just to kind of put you in my perspective. Now, which one of those is more Kyle's guy? I think that's very, very simple. Only one of those guys really is an outside wide receiver, and that's Rondell Moore. Elijah Moore, Kyle Tooney, almost exclusively out of the slot. So if you want that versatility, which all three of those guys, you know, kind of scat backs, you know, you can do um, end arounds and jet sweeps and things like that. But the most versatility, the most upside, the most everything for me, that's Rondell Moore. We'll talk about him here in a little bit. Now, let's talk about what it means to have a quarterback bust. Okay. It's 50%. 50% of quarterbacks, especially picked in the top 10, top 5, top 3, doesn't matter. They bust. That's that's all that it is. So why do they? And, you know, we always attribute it to the player. Oh, well, this player failed because. And I think there are examples of those. And, again, just focusing on the quarterback position. Look at Dwayne Haskins, right? That's an absolute bust. Well, why did he bust? Work ethic, didn't learn the playbook, out partying at strip clubs uh, it, during <laughs> the pandemic, during game weeks, during, uh, like, I mean, come on. Like, yeah, that's, that's going to happen. How do we measure those things? As, you know, draft analyst or whatever the hell you want to call me, um, fake GM, <laughs> pretender, I don't, I don't care. Um, I don't have access to the players. 
I really, really don't. I have certain people I talk to, but again, most teams don't leak. Some people will put stuff out there to try to push a narrative. So you don't really want to take that. Um, so that, that makes it kind of rough there. But that's key. Sometimes the individual fails. Jamarcus Russell, right? They would send the playbook. And they would send them tapes and DVDs, and they were completely blank. They didn't even put any film on there. And they'd ask him if he watched it, and he'd be like, yeah, man, it was good. I liked it. Learned a lot. Like, <laughs> some people just don't care. Those are going to happen. But the majority of busts at the quarterback position, it's not on the player. I really don't believe that's the case. And again, you, you kind of got to pick and choose. Marcus Russell was going to bust no matter where he went. Dwayne Haskins was going to bust no matter where he went. But then you look at people like Ryan Tannehill, right? I, I think this is, this is key. The supporting cast, again, what type of team picks a quarterback top five? More often than not, it's a terrible team with a terrible roster, with a new head coach, and a new system in place. Not very uh, <laughs> conducive for success, to say the least. And I think that this is kind of key because it's easy to sit there and say, yeah, this guy busted because he was terrible and that was a terrible pick. I don't think so. Now, you look at Mitchell Trubisky, that player was going to bust. He's scared. He was surrounded by a good team. And he just could not. He, he's, he's scared. You look at the deal that he took, right? Uh, he gets pushed out of Chicago. He goes and signs before everybody else for the lowest possible quarterback play for the Buffalo Bills. One year, $2.5 million deal. Didn't even want to look for a, compete, uh, a job where he could compete for the starting job. It's just a mentality issue there. Like He doesn't have the, the fortitude to compete. It's not there. You could tell by the decisions he made. Took a super low deal at the most cush job ever. Um, that, hats off to him. I'm happy for him, but that mentality ain't it. You look at Alex Smith, where he's at now. He came out and said, look, I will not sign for a team unless I can compete for the starting job. This is 39-year-old, however old he is, broken, rebuilt Alex Smith. It's in his DNA, right? But you combine these players and you put them in crappy situations, they're not going to be successful. Look what happened when Ryan Tannehill left. Right? <laughs> he goes and dominates. Now you got somebody like Marcus Mariota. Yeah, it didn't work. The exact same situation with the Tennessee Titans. Mariota couldn't get it done. You change one position, all of a sudden they're in the AFC Championship. Right? Look at Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles is a bad quarterback. He was on a good team. Got all the way to the AFC Championship. He couldn't get it, you know, all worked out. But you could put these quarterbacks who are good or not bad, or you know, whatever, however you want to label them, in a good situation. They're going to play well, and a lot of them are coming from those situations in college. You look at Alabama; it's the oh my gosh, John Chapman could have won an SEC championship as a quarterback on that team, and I suck. I had one snap at quarterback in my high school career, uh, and it was a, it was a toss. It was a great toss, but uh, we lost three quarterbacks in one half, and so they had to put me in. So moved from tight end to a quarterback. That was my my days of glory. But anybody could be quarterback on that system. Now that's not a knock on Mac Jones. He was better than Tua, right? But it is you don't count it against him, but you don't count it for him. You have to be very, very accurate and consistent with what you are applying to these quarterbacks. And all of them played on stacked teams. Trey Lance, uh, that team was better than every team he played against. You'd say the same thing for, you know, Zach Wilson. By far, he played one good team in 2020, Coastal Carolina, and they lost. And they beat the tar out of them. Justin Fields, look what he did versus Clemson. That was incredible. Then he goes against Alabama, a team that just outmatched him, got hurt for sure. Um, that's going to play a role. Trevor Lawrence, he say the same thing. So you can apply all these things to all of them. Now, if we just look, now let's step back real quick. Let's just do a real quick reminder of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan's tenure in the draft, especially in the first round, since they've been here. Okay. Their first draft was the worst ever. Solomon Thomas, yeah, that's awful. Complete bust, F-. minus. Then they trade up for Ruben Foster at the end of the first. Yeah, F-. minus. I think they got the 
draft fit and player fit correct. Ruben Foster was good. Um, the injury history, that was an F minus. And then also the character off the field, that was an F minus. So you missed on those two guys. But two years later, right after those terrible picks that we just talked about with John Lynch, guess what? John Lynch won GM of the year. So it's it's not like, oh man, he had a bad draft. He sucks. Get him out of here. No, everybody has bad drafts. The good news, the shiny silver lining there. He learned and has had great drafts, especially in the first round since then. The next worst pick that he has had was McGlinchey. He That's a single, right? Okay, number nine pick, whatever. But we do know that the Raiders were going to take him at 10, so it wasn't just us. I don't want to compare myself to John Gruden or the 49ers to John Gruden because he's terrible. But we weren't the only ones that had that thought. I think McGlinchey's a single. He's going to get his fifth-year option picked up. Singles are okay. Sometimes you can't have all singles. Okay, what pick took place after that? Nick Bosa. They could have went Quinnen Williams. That would have been a double. Nope, they hit a home run. They went with Bosa. After that, what do they do? They get Kenlaw. That's a solid double. Not a home run. Not a single. I mean, it's good. He's still got a lot, a lot of you know potential that he could explode. Javon Kenlaw, we're talking about here. I love it. And on top of that, traded down. Traded from 13 to 14, got some extra picks, got the guy they wanted, and that allowed them to trade up again in the first round for Brandon Ayuk. That was a damn home run. That He was the sixth wide receiver off the board, and he was the second best wide receiver of the draft class. Justin Jefferson went nuts, okay? <laughs> and we talked about that. But Brandon Ayuk was an absolute home run of a pick. And I've seen this narrative push. Why would you trade up for the third best QB? Again... It's not always about the player. It's about the situation. It's the goldfish method, right? The goldfish can grow as big as the body of water you put them in. Well, the 49ers are a damn ocean because they have everything. They have everything. They got the line. They got the supporting cast. Kittle, Bosa, Ayuk. They got the running game. They got the coaching staff. They got the defense. Just trying to upgrade that quarterback position. That's what it's about. And so, again, Ayuk, six wide receiver taken. Why would you trade up for the six wide receiver? You could have waited and got somebody else. You're right. They got their guy. Now, who is their guy, especially at the quarterback position? I don't know. But if you're one of those people that's like, why would you trade up for the number three quarterback? One, that's probably as high as they could go. And there's three guys they like. I would be willing to say, this isn't in my notes, so if, if it's a little bit hard to follow, I apologize. Let's just say hypothetically, Justin Fields and Trey Lance, they're neck and neck for the 49ers, okay? They're, they're Man, they're spot on. And the 49ers finally decide, you know what? I'm going to take Justin Fields, and I'll switch this just to make it make sense and drive the point home. Justin Fields on the 49ers versus Trey Lance on New England Patriots, Washington Redskins. Or sorry, oops, my bad. Just Washington football team. Who do you take? Oh, I'm taking Justin Fields on the 49ers. Now switch it. Say the 49ers take Trey Lance. They're neck and neck, so it's a coin flip. They flip a coin, they take Trey Lance. They're not going to do that. They have a guy they like. But just for the argument's sake, I would take Trey Lance on the 49ers, then Justin Fields on the Patriots, or Justin Fields on Washington, because the situation is conducive for success. They built this culture. They're a year removed from the Super Bowl. And so whenever we step back and, again, look at what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have done. Yeah, they had two strikeouts their first draft in the first round. Solomon Thomas, Ruth Foster. Absolute trash. But they got better next year with Mike McGlinchey. It's an improvement. Then they hit a home run with, with Bosa. Then the following year, they got a double and a home run. It's trending, baby. It's trending. Learning from their mistakes. That's the stuff that I like. Um, ah, I get it. I get excited. I get it. I get excited a little bit. Um, let's see here. Dan, he says, what percentage would you give Wilson, um, first fields going number two? I would say probably 90% Zach Wilson, 10%, uh, Justin Fields. It just seems like the Zach Wilson thing is done. Uh, as Steve Young alluded to, uh, the jets are already hanging out and having dinners with, uh, Zach Wilson's family. Um, like the, the, the connection has been made. I think that one's in the books. Uh, and the Jets were asked about it, and they didn't refute it. 
Uh, I think the quote was from uh, Joe Douglas was like, well, uh, my guess is Steve Young's pretty plugged into BYU. So <laughs> it, it could be Fields. I, I hope it's not, though. I'm going to be honest with you. I would, I'm would. i starting to lean more and more towards Fields and Lance over Zach Wilson. And I know that this happens and it's second-guessing and all those things. But on the topic of busts, if you had to pick, put all four quarterbacks in the same situation, Zach Wilson has the most red flags. Injury history, sure. Um, lack of success versus you know equal or superior talent uh, teams, it, not even close. That 100% is against Zach Wilson. Uh, injury history, as I talked about. But, man, size, it's not there. He doesn't have that NFL build uh, for sure. Definitely the smallest of all the quarterbacks, and that's including Mac Jones as well. I like that. I, I like... Zach Wilson, and I'd take Zach Wilson number three in a heartbeat, but man, Fields and Lance to me, it, it just makes too much sense. It just makes too much sense for me. So anyway, I'll say that with what it is. Now, let's look at my draft history, my hits and misses, okay? And what I'm going to do is, let's go back, and I want to share some of these draft write-ups that I did on past guys that missed, and I'll... I'm not here for you to be like, oh, John never gets it wrong. Like, that's not it at all. No, everybody messes up. Again, John Lynch won GM of the year two years, you know, one year removed from Solomon Thomas and Ruben Foster in the first round. I had Josh Rosen number one. He was number one on my big board that year. I was wrong. I was big time wrong. Listen to what I wrote up on this. This hurts. This hurts. Don't unsubscribe. <laughs> um, anyway, um, let's see here. Rosen took over UCLA job as a freshman after Brett Hundley left. 59 touchdowns to 26 interceptions, 60% uh, completion percentage. That was my red flag. Um, Picture-perfect rhythm passer. At his best when he can deliver on time on his predetermined step drop. Has to have good protection. When, pre uh, when pressure shows up, things get bad. Climbs the pocket well, but he doesn't escape out to the sides well. NFL ready arm, can put touch on anything. Um, shoulder surgery and two con concussions in 2017. That's another injury red flag there. I didn't like that, but that hasn't showed up. Here's what I said. Highest floor in the draft and is NFL ready. Has to play behind a good old line, though. Will not be successful if he gets a lot of pressure. I wrote that in there like three times. My player comp for him was uh, Eli Manning. Uh, I, I just really thought... I didn't think it was a great QB class. I know there were a lot of guys in there that a lot of people liked, but I was wrong on him. I was wrong on him. And I missed. I, I was wrong. Now, he went to Arizona, played behind a terrible offensive line. Yeah, that showed. Then he got traded to Miami, played behind a terrible offensive line. Now he's here. Is he destroyed? Is it over for him? We'll see. He's going to have to fight for that number three job. But again, listen to Josh Allen's write-up. I was wrong on Josh Allen. I had him in the first, I had a first round grade on Josh Allen, but obviously I think Josh Allen's probably the third best quarterback in the NFL, third through fifth, depending on where you want to put him. He's up there. Uh, here's what I put. Two-year starter at Wyoming, has all the physical studs, uh, tools to be a stud in the NFL, um, still carries a major risk due to lack of competition and several mentor errors every game. Every game. Um... 44 to 21 touchdown to interception ratio, 56% completion percentage. That's god awful. Um, talked about the senior bowl, his performance. I'll skip four. One of the strongest arms to come out of the draft in recent memory. Um, him, Patrick Mahomes, Colin Kaepernick, strongest arms probably in the NFL at the time. Uh, Joe Flacco, you put up there as well. Um, Allen will need to learn to use touch on his passes. Still working on that. Um, his accuracy is beyond inconsistent. Again, talking about Josh Allen here. Um, beyond inconsistent and usually overthrows the wide receiver because he's trying to throw it as hard as he can. His footwork is atrocious and keeps his feet too narrow in the pocket. Uh, I called him Jason Campbell. But again, I labeled him a first-round pick just because the ceiling was there. I thought that was key. I, I missed on it. He sat for a while um, and then finally stepped in, and he's balled out. He's great. Now, the last review, and this is, again... I'm talking about my misses. I can stand up here and flex. That's not what I want to do. I'm trying to figure out why I miss these things and try to learn from those things and correct that in my evaluations going forward. That's what I'm trying to do. You don't want to go into things and try to prove, oh, I was wrong, but, and all those things. No, 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 no. 
learn from your mistakes. If you don't, you're going to do it again. <laughs> so uh, here we go. Patrick Mahomes. Let's go. Let's talk about this guy. Uh, father is major league pitcher. Good athlete. 22 rushing touchdowns, despite only running a 4.8 in his 40. Not fast, but mobile. Crazy strong arm, can throw an 80 ball, uh, 80 yards in the air uh, on his pro day. Great confidence, attitude, but a system quarterback that doesn't translate to the NFL. That's what I wrote. Major project. Backyard football player that makes plays out of nothing and turns bad plays into the worst plays, costing games. Um... Makes the worst decisions ever on a consistent basis. Three times in the past year, he lost the game single-handedly. Worst footwork I've ever seen. When he makes play, though, it is amazing. Player comparison, Jay Cutler. That's what I had on him. Now, and here's what's crazy. Talk about, let's, let's, let's be real. He never won in a terrible conference. He never had a winning record at Texas Tech. So, like, people talk about Patrick Mahomes, and I do think he's the best quarterback in the world right now. I do. But this is the same guy who couldn't get a winning record in the Big 12? That's a terrible conference, and he could not win games there. Um, now, you could talk about supporting cast, whatever else. I don't care. You're playing, you're playing some pretty bad teams, and he could not get it done. Now, some terrible coaching, and I will, I'll argue this till the day I die. I think... Um, Kingsbury, Arizona Cardinals quarterback now. I think he's one of the worst coaches. His system's good, but he, he had one winning season still to his entire career, and the quarterbacks he's had, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, Davis Webb, um, Jared, I don't think he had Jared Goff. Maybe, I don't think he did. But anyway, like he can't win with those people. How the hell is that possible? And Kyler Murray, it's It's bad. Now, why did I miss on all those QBs? I was grading quarterbacks on the idea of can't miss slash won't bust. And I think that's wrong. I wasn't going for home runs. I wasn't going for upside. I want doubles. That used to be my mindset. and still is at a lot of positions. Not at the quarterback position. Not anymore. And especially not with this 49ers roster. The NFL has showed us that there is a new way to do things. You take out the anomalies. People like if you say anything bad about Mac Jones, you're gonna have somebody with no profile picture, <laughs> mind you, on Twitter, jump up and throw in the Tom Brady discussion. Well, he's fat like Tom Brady was, or he's not mobile like Tom Brady was. There is a huge difference. Mac Jones does not have Tom Brady's arm, not even close. And if you feel that way, then why draft a quarterback in the first round at all? Just wait till pick 199 and get a Hall of Famer and win all your Super Bowls. Why don't you just do that? Because there's exceptions to the rules. Russell Wilson went in the third round. What is the success rate on quarterbacks in the third round? It's non-existent. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Um, it doesn't exist. It's what it is. So all that, I'm going to go through some more stuff, but I want to get to a couple more questions. Um, you know, I see two questions here from Marco and Mr. Tuintaz. Uh, don't you think this is just some noise about Mac Jones? Just like when they said we were going to get Trubisky, made the Chicago trade with us, all those things. Uh, Marco, same question. It's all, if it's all a smokescreen with Mac Jones, why are so many people saying that? Could they all be wrong? The reason why they're all saying that is there has been one piece of information that has been out there. One, and that was Chris Sims. Oh, they made this trade because I just think this guy would be a perfect Kyle Shanahan quarterback. That was it. And they tied to it. Kyle Shanahan was at the pro day. That was it. They connected two dots. Boom. Situation's over. Recycling information that's out there because 49ers don't leak. There's no information to go against it. Therefore, they just keep running. They just keep running with it. And, I mean, it's the opposite of journalism and what they're supposed to do. Uh, they're not learning and changing. They just go with the narrative. I, I don't know why. Um, and Adam Schefter is probably the one, you know, his quote, and I'm gonna, I don't have this in my notes, so I might be off. I'm paraphrasing. I would be shocked if they didn't pick Mac Jones. Two, 49ers haven't said anything. Keep an open mind with the number three pick. I think I said number two a while ago, but number three. I think you understand what I'm saying. People don't know. People don't know. They didn't know we we're gonna take McGlinchey. They didn't know we were going to trade up. They didn't know <laughs> they didn't know any of these things. They didn't know we were going to trade for D Ford. They didn't know we were going to trade up for Brandon Ayuk. Nobody knew these things. 
So they didn't know we're going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Nobody knew these things. So it's, it's frustrating because you want to have good coverage of your team, but when the 49ers don't leak, it makes it difficult, and that's why you get all these yahoos running around. Um, oh, man, have you seen the video of Bosa running again? Yes, um, I watch it before I go to sleep every night and as soon as I wake up. Bosa's back. The fact that, you know, the tour ACL happened week two versus the Jets, if you remember, Nick Bosa tearing his ACL, usually takes about nine months, if nothing goes wrong, to rehab. Guess where we're at, baby? We're right there. September, we're all the way to where we're at now, he's at that position. And the fact that he is doing this, what are we, four months away from the season? Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to 100 Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Zero concern for Nick Bosa moving forward. Zero concern on that knee. He looks incredible. Lateral movements, doing the three cone, shuffling, planning back and forth, pivoting on that injured knee. Man, uh, he's looking absolutely incredible. There's no doubt about that. What's up, Jesse? Appreciate the gift, brother. Really do appreciate it. Adam, you are the freaking man. I love it. Oh, look at this. Adam Garcia. Um, my daughter, Everly, turned five today. Sorry I missed the live. No problem, Adam. What an awesome family, dude. Congratulations. And happy birthday, Everly. That is incredible. Uh, I freaking love the faithful, man. And so much support. And generosity amongst everybody. And again, man, let's speak of support and generosity. One of my Patreon subscribers who wanted to stay, you know, anonymous, he said, hey, I want to give away three free hats just on your live broadcast. And just to say thank you to everybody, just to build camaraderie. So let's do that right now. Here we go. Um, this one goes to, I'm excited about this one, um, big support of the show. Just want to say thank you. Uh Go ahead, reach out to me. I need to get your information. Dan Case, congratulations, my friend. Another freaking 49ers Rush uh, <laughs> subscription winner. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, whatever. Hashtag countdown crew. I love it. Um, and guess what? We're doing another giveaway next episode. So uh, this is the second hat giveaway. We're going to do another one next week. We did the jersey, three hats, and, man, we're going to be doing some more giveaways um, on our draft broadcast. We're not going anywhere. So congrats to Dan. And if you want a hat, you know what you got to do. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. YouTube, uh, Periscope, Twitter, Twitch, wherever it is you listen. And hashtag CC in the first 90 seconds. That's all you got to do. We give stuff around all the freaking time. Uh, Morgan, I think, won last time. He sent a picture with his hat looking sharp. We're just trying to make the faithful look better. That's all it is. Got to get you guys out of the, the swag out there, man, right? Yeah, I got my new hat here. I got a couple of them. But uh, anyway, so let's talk a little bit about going into, all right, here we go. I like this. We talked about why I missed on all those quarterbacks. Now let's talk about what would happen if we hit. I tweeted this out just a couple of days ago. Imagine if the 49ers do hit on a quarterback at pick three. 
Just imagine. With the roster that they have in place, so many young captains. Oh, golly. You, you could just, even before we get to young, I mean, Trent Williams, you've got one of the best left tackles in the NFL, right? Uh, now you have George Kittle, the best tight end in football. You're going to extend uh, Fred Warner, the best linebacker in football. He'll get extended right around training camp. Nick Bosa, by far one of the best edge players in the NFL. And you can go with Ron, Dre Greenlaw, the best number two linebacker, I think, in the NFL. You talk about safety play. You talk about D-line, Kinlaw, Young. I mean, you just go on and on and on. There are so many pieces of this team in place, and you've got depth throughout, except for at the cornerback position or the wide receiver position. But Debo, Ayuk, oh my gosh, you have all these guys. If you hit on a quarterback, I'm not even talking about 2021. Because I, I, this year, I think we're playoff caliber. I think we are Super Bowl caliber team. But if you look to 2022, 2023, 2024, you will have a rookie quarterback contract with no Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo will be gone next year. Um, the question here from SB, what happens if Jimmy balls out and we win it all this year and he gets Super Bowl MVP? Nobody would be happier than me. But... I think you move on. If he does all those things, I think you're trading Jimmy Garoppolo for multiple first-rounders. Because, and this is key here, you are going to free your team up financially with that rookie contract at quarterback. I think that's going to be key. If we hit here, if we hit at three, you're going to be incredible. Because most teams that draft quarterbacks in the top three, their teams suck. Again, we're staying with that theme. The 49ers don't. This situation is rare. You don't see top-tier teams trade up to get quarterbacks this high. Even Patrick Mahomes, I think they went to 10. I could be off on that. But the Chiefs were good. They made it, you know, he sat the full year, and they made the playoffs before they got him. They made the playoffs when they got him. Then they made the transition, and he did the thing. Now they've been in three AFC championships in a row. And so I think that there are things that can happen here. The, the opportunity before us is gigantic. And I'm so excited about it. And I, I trust Kyle. You know, do I want McCorkle? No. <laughs> if they draft McCorkle, all right. Let, let's, let's do what we got to do as fans. And you support your team. And trust me, I'll be putting out tape saying why McCorkle is going to fit and how this is going to help Debo because I think McCorkle is, he's Jimmy Garoppolo, but he's way younger. He's way cheaper. Um, you know, what does he do better than Jimmy? I don't know. <laughs> But it's definitely cheaper. I could say that. But anyway, I don't think that's going to be the pick. But let's just say whatever. Uh, take that for what it is. Now, I do want to say we've got a lot of big stuff coming up this month, obviously, with the draft. This is my baby. The draft is my baby. Um, again, I just put up a 48-minute breakdown of Florida State versus North Carolina, which was an absolute blast. Diami Brown, Michael Carter, you got uh, Javonta Williams, and again on the other side, Asante Samuel Jr., holy cow, shut him down, incredible, so many guys out there, but we do a monthly Zoom hangout, which is an absolute blast, uh, we're going to be doing that the night before the draft this year, so if you join us on Patreon, 49ers Rush, um, just patreon.com, 49ers Rush Podcast, here's what we're going to be doing, the night before the draft, we're going to do a hangout, and just do a freaking Hang out, chit-chat, share draft stuff. It's going to be an absolute blast. Really, really excited about it. And on top of all those things, next weekend, John Chapman Draft Book, baby. This is episode eight. I've done this eight years in a row. I used to sell it for like 20 bucks, and I was like, nah, let's don't do that. All you got to do is just be a Patreon subscriber. So uh, it, the Frank Gore tier, it's eight bucks a month. That's it. You get my draft book. So if you want to join, I'll, I'm loading it next week. You can join Download it, cancel. <laughs> That's what you want to do. But uh, I think it's over. It's well over 40 pages currently. I'm still working just to clean it up and get it done. Comes with my own draft big board, uh, horizontal and vertical integration where you can see everybody from round um, to my big board rankings, one through whatever. Um, should have pretty close to 100 different prospects ranked on there. Uh, player comps, where they should go, uh, all the stats that you could ever dream of, film analysis, coaching points, all those things on a hundred different players. It's a behemoth of a thing. I've had a lot of help, but yeah, so that's there. So look for that next weekend. I'm excited about that. Now, something else that I thought was interesting. 
draft capital this year. The 49ers have a lot. Obviously, whenever, and this is going off of the Jimmy Johnson trade chart, okay? Um, but <laughs> our teams in the NFC West do not. They don't. And the NFC West have been the best division in football for the past decade. Five out of nine years, the NFC West has had somebody in the Super Bowl. Seattle had two, 49ers had two, and uh, the Rams had one. Cardinals don't go to Super Bowls. We know that. Um, but if you those teams are solid. I think three out of four teams got better this year uh, in the offseason. I think the Rams with the Stafford trade, that was huge. Cardinals obviously bringing in all kinds of free agents, J.J. Watt and others. And the 49ers, I think that they got better too, a large part because they brought back everything, but also the draft, mainly the draft. Now, the fewest picks in the NFL, all of our teams in the division are there. The fewest picks in the NFL in this draft, Seattle Seahawks only have three. They have the least. The Rams and the Cardinals have the second fewest with six. Then you got the 40 hours with nine. But I wanted to dive in deeper. The Jimmy Johnson trade chart attributes points to every single draft pick to kind of just place value. Uh, I don't think it's... Rock solid, but it's a great reference point. So I went through and I added up all of the values of points uh, for each pick in each team. Seattle had 384 points. Uh, just to put that into perspective, 384 points is equivalent to pick number 52. <laughs> like, that's it. Uh, their first pick is pick number 56. They just don't have any value. Uh, whatever. They can't draft anyway. It doesn't matter. Rams have 610.7 points for their draft picks. Cardinals double that up. 1,438.8 points. 1,438. That's a Cardinals. You add up all three of those teams in the NFC West. Again, this is just the 2021 draft. Comes out to 2,433.5 points. How many points do the 49ers have? 2,901.8. We have more points, draft value capital this year, then all three teams of the NFC West combined. The 49ers nailed this draft. This division is ours for a very long time. For a very long time. So keep that in mind because the opportunity that they have here is huge. It's huge. Now, I put this poll out there, a reverse poll, which I liked a lot. And I said, okay. You get to pick the quarterback for your rival. Okay? And I only gave three, an three answers. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. It doesn't matter the team, whatever else. You are picking for your division rival. You, one of, they're getting one of these quarterbacks. Which quarterback do you want your team's rival to, to draft? Trey Lance got the fewest number of votes, which I thought that was interesting. 9.6%. Justin Fields, second less, 13%. Mac McCorkle Jones, 77.3%. It is obvious. And so many people reached out to me and said, oops, I didn't read all the way. My bad. And I had like huge alert icons and whatever else. I, I thought that it was, it was important. And it, I don't know. It, it's interesting to me. It's very clear, very clear that <laughs> people are not scared of Mac Jones. That's just all that there is. Could he be great? Could he win Super Bowls? Sure. But if you're picking the Napoleonic war rule, right? Never do what your enemy wants you to do. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, you, you, you don't do it. What do they want you to do? Don't fall into the traps. So we'll have to see here. Now, that's enough talk there for the first round. Let's go to the second round, baby. Oh, I'm so excited for that second round. I don't think that there's any way... The 49ers stay still. It's just not what we do. Again, you know, you look at last year. What happened was John Lynch traded every single pick. Every single pick. And so, like, that's going to continue. That's all there is to it. So, I could totally see the 49ers trading up. I could see us trading back. Uh, we're going to be bouncing all over the place. That's just all that there is to it. So, I gave, you know, again, not so much positions, I gave four players at different positions that I thought were telling. I picked an edge, a wide receiver, interior offensive lineman, and a cornerback. Okay, um, depending and again, the player could have shifted it for some, and you know whatever else that's fine. But the players that I picked, and I want to highlight a little bit on each one of these because I think they're all very real possibilities in that second round. 
Eric Stokes, cornerback at uh, Georgia. I'm going to show you guys some film. Creed Humphrey, we all know I love Creed Humphrey. Uh, interior, he's a center for Oklahoma. Rondell Moore, who we talked about a little bit earlier. Wide receiver, Purdue. And Joseph Osai, edge, Texas. So, again, you're talking about these positions um, and kind of who wants what and what you want that to look like. The first one I'm going to play you, and we're going to go backwards to the top, is Joseph Osai. Edge player, Texas. Yeah, I've got a second-round grade on him. He's towards the bottom of the second round. I need to update. You know, if I'm just looking at my big board here, um, come on, that's words. I got it up on here. Sorry about that. But if we're just looking at my big board, kind of where I have um, all these different players, just to put them into perspective, I have Sam Cosme as the 44th player on my big board. Okay, That's why I kind of picked him. 49ers picked him 43rd. So uh, strongly could see him being a player that is around here. So here's a quick film clip of Joseph Osai getting a sack um, against, uh, I think this game was Oklahoma State. So if you're not watching with us, just listen to the, the things as I walk you through kind of what he did successfully. This is Joseph Osai, edge player, Texas, as a second-round prospect. 16.4% um, in this poll said this is who they would go with in the second round. Man, it's crazy how he does not rotate out. <laughs> this guy plays way too much. Ooh, look at this play. Golly. Zone read what? All right, here he is right here. He's going to get the down block. We saw the same thing on the other side of the field. Watch him crash this down block. They're going to read him. The quarterback is reading the unblocked in here. So you see it here? He's reading him. Oh, he's sitting <laughs> or he's taking the dive. What's he doing? He says, oh, he crashed the dive. Psych. Boom. I mean, the quarterback read it correctly. He really, really did. But it's just such a damn good play by Osai. Again, he's so long. Look at all the space he's taken up here. All right, he's crashing. I should be able to get outside, but look at the freaking turn and go. Looks like a freaking <laughs> track star right there. He did run track consistently. And over, I mean, that's an athletic quarterback. Gets his paws on him, does a hell of a job right there. I mean, that is just all-out sprinting effort. I mean, it looks like he's shot out of freaking track blocks right there. That is great play against the zone read. Whew. That's a damn good play right there. I, I, I really like this kid. You know, again, I have to be obvious and up front. I'm a Longhorn. Uh, so I've seen this guy play every game since he was in high school. I'm a big fan. Thomas Brown, thank you so much for the gift. I freaking love it, man. That, that was awesome. Um, I, I love it. Uh, very, very kind, sir. Um, but you talk about Joseph Osai. He has the highest motor I've ever graded of a defensive player. The highest motor. So for you Kerry Hyder fans, this guy, he is what you want. Ultimate length, athleticism, a little bit of a tweener. He doesn't have the perfect build, but, man, production's there. Best player on the field by far. Uh, captain of the defense. Huge character guy. Just absolutely incredible. That's Joseph Osai. Uh, really, really do like him there. Now, uh, this one was a surprise to me, and I was a little upset, a little offended. Third place in this poll. It, it, kind of my, my goal whenever I do these polls, which I do them quite often on Twitter, I want it to be difficult because I want people to figure out what it is they actually want and what they don't want. This was close with 25.3% of the vote. And this player is the highest on my big board by far wide receiver from Purdue. He's the 24th player on my big board. 24th. I have a second round grade on him, but he's the highest rated second round player. Now, uh, somebody says, wait a second, 24. That's a first round player. Well, I don't give out 32 first-round grades. Uh, there's first-round players, second-round players, third-round players. Just because somebody goes in the first round doesn't mean you have a first-round grade on them. I have 22 first-round grades currently. Uh, still finessing and going back through some guys that are kind of hybrid. Rondell Moore, for me, is a second-round grade, but he's the highest second-round grade I have. I love this kid. Um, and holy freaking cow, let me just say this. If we got this guy, I don't think he would be the worst wide receiver on our team. Um, not trying to talk trash against anybody. I love Debo. I love Ayuk. But I'm telling you right now, Rondell Moore, he's Steve Smith incarnate. He's Steve Smith. That's just who he is. 
He's a mean little booger that is tough as hell. It just his best games were against the best competition. So here we go. Wide receiver Rondell Moore from Purdue. Let's see it. All right, we are taking a break from the quarterback position. We are checking out wide receivers. Rondell Moore, the little lightning bug. This dude, compact, mini mouse, slot receiver from Purdue. Um, you're going to see him here, number four. Uh, almost played exclusively out of the slot. Now, this film is against Ohio State 2018. Had to go back a ways. Missed a lot of time last two years. Hamstring, uh, lower leg slash uh, ankle. But this is a person that's going to possibly be there when the 49ers pick in the second round at a position of need. Um, he is a spark of lightning. 4-2-9, 40-yard dash at his pro day. Um, clocked in an official 4-3-3 in high school. Um, he is insanity watching his film. Um, the very first true freshman All-American in Big Ten history. And it does not take long that for this kid to jump off of film. Now, he can run very, very good routes the couple of games I've been in, but most of it out of the slot is is all manufactured. Um, whole lot of screens, uh, simple outs, hitches, that, whatever. But you see this guy, he's small, five foot seven, 180 pounds. And he's short, he's tiny, but make no he is mean as hell. A Steve Smith type mindset and body. That's what he is. He didn't play outside almost exclusively um lined up in the slot. But you see this guy, he's fighting for every damn yard, every single play. And I'll tell you this about Rondell Moore. If he would he's one of those guys, if he could have came out in after his freshman year uh he had 1258 yards and 12 touchdowns his freshman year now you always say with injuries all right what's going on here all right but the thing with him is ankles he got his ankle tied up uh didn't break anything but it was an ankle injury and then he had a hamstring issue so he's been able to come back i don't think there's any lingering issues I love Rondell Moore, and I think somebody might have misunderstood me. I do not want to trade Debo. I love Debo. At, love him so much. He provides something that nobody else in the NFL can do. Um, he's freaking incredible. I don't think that he's the clearest route runner on the team. I don't think that's his job, and I don't think that's what he really want to do. You run your slants. You run some fades. You run some posts. You run your jet sweeps. That's what he does, and that's what he's going to continue doing. And I think his role is carved out for him. However, Rondell Moore, oh my gosh, man. I want to trade up for Rondell Moore. Like, if he makes it to the second round, I want to go get him. Trade. Go get that dude. Now, number three, uh, or I guess number two, uh, the runner-up in this poll, but not by much, less than .8, Creed Humphrey, interior lineman. Creed Humphrey, I love this guy. Some people are saying, now, one thing I do have to get out there, and one reason why I included him in this poll, is that people keep saying he's not athletic enough, Creed Humphrey, to be in the zone scheme. That is idiotic. Uh, I don't want to be too mean. I don't want to be too mean. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't say that. People that chart the raw athletic score, which they've been doing for over 20 years, basically, you know, body mass index, 40-yard dash, vertical, broad jump, all these different things, three-cone, short shuttle. He is the most athletic center in the history of the NFL. The history ever. So if somebody says, I don't know how to not get upset, but if somebody says Creed Humphrey's not athletic enough for the zone, you'd never watch this film. And yeah, he played a power gap scheme in Oklahoma for OU, but the dude started for four years there. <laughs> he he's he's so damn good uh he's he's too damn good i'm just gonna be really honest with you. so here's a clip creed humphrey by far my draft crush i like a lot of these guys i really really do but uh creed humphrey oh my gosh you start him at guard you move him to center whenever mac retires gosh this guy he would make every team in the nfl better day one here we go opens up Oh, oh, pancake. Gotcha. Let's go number 95. He's getting tired of the freaking slant move they keep doing. Stays with them and just drives them. I mean, he does not like those slants, uh, the slanting D line. So what do you do? Fine, go ahead. You, you want to slant across my face? Come on, buddy. Gotcha. You're mine now. Boom. That pancake number three or four this game. 
that he's just he's just an animal. Uh, tone setter, bully mentality. That was against Ross Blacklock, who was a second round pick last year. Like he's just out there destroying people, and his film is so consistently good. It's just too damn good. Uh, would absolutely love Creed Humphrey. It, it, and it's funny, you know, you start watching film. Yeah, I'm a Longhorn guy. I hate watching OU film. It makes me want to puke. But some t- you got to put that aside. You don't scout the helmet. You don't scout the uniform. You, you watch this kid and you just see what he has. Ah, he's so damn good. Creed Humphrey would be so smooth, so perfect fit in this offense. It just makes sense. And our winner of this poll, we got to talk about Eric Stokes. 4-2, baby. He ran a 4-2-9. Um, he is so good. Uh, super, super fast, jacked-up athlete. One of those guys that could have been a running back, could have been a wide receiver. Went corner, probably the best bet because they get paid the most out of those. Um, he's really, really good. I like Eric Stokes. He got the most votes. And I think that this kind of matches and mimics the biggest need for the 49ers. It's it's a major concern whenever you don't have you have three corners on your roster that have played football. That's it, just three. Um, I'm not counting number 27, but that's fine. Whatever. You need cornerback depth. There will be a corner pick at second or third round. There's just no doubt in my mind. Where that's the question. Thankfully, this draft there is a lot of corner depth. There really is in this draft. So you're gonna be able to get a good guy in the second round. Um, so here we go. Here's our clip on Eric Stokes' corner super speedster four two nine. I mean, just whew, lightning quick. Oop, they got him. Ooh, interception. Let's see this play. This is gonna be Eric Stokes' second round corner. I think he's sitting there right here squatting. Yeah, he's just playing zone. Uh, reads the flats. He's reading back towards the quarterback here. Watch him here. He's just waiting for somebody to come into his space. Reads the flat and then drives on it. Gets the INT. That's a damn tough defense to play against. They just got talent everywhere. It's a quick clip, but man, he just makes plays. And you want somebody that's going to come play in the run game? Man, he is built like a freaking... like. There's like the tiny little corners that are quick fast. And then there's power fast. He's a power fast guy. Uh, he is twitched up athlete. Just muscles on muscles. Uh, but I really, really do like him. He won the vote here. A couple quick questions before we get out of here. Man, this has been a lot of fun. I really do appreciate everybody. Uh, from Terrell, he says, I don't think there's any chance Jimmy wanting to be a part of his mentor for his replacement. I think that's a that's nobody can know that. Uh, Jimmy was in a weird situation with Tom Brady where Tom Brady threw a fit. Well, Tom Brady's a sociopath. I'll say that, whatever. Um, but Tom Brady's like, get him out of here. I don't want him around here. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Will he do the Tom Brady thing? Or will he, you know, Tom Brady, Joe Flacco, where we're not going to help people? Or I think this, I think this is the situation. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play his best to keep his job. That's his only job. I think it's the job of the backup quarterback to be a sponge. Now, there are some outliers alex smith uh andy reed his famous quote is patrick mahomes doesn't owe alex smith a house he owes alex smith a mansion for what he taught him and took him under his wing but alex smith one of the best humans in the nfl he's an amazing human being i don't know much about jimmy there's not really much to know about jimmy i don't think um so he's just kind of, he's just a guy that looks really, really good. I don't know. The personality doesn't really shine through very much on press conferences. So I don't know. Hopefully he takes, you know, the team's best interest. He's got 25 million reasons to do so. <laughs> but his number one job is to play well. And it, the rookie quarterback's number one job is to soak up and learn. Hopefully, Jimmy's, you know, not a douche about it. But, again, we, we've we never seen anything from Jimmy Garoppolo. He's never thrown one teammate under the bus no matter how many times he's been hit. He's never said one negative thing about the organization. So you go with what you've seen, and you trust that till you see otherwise. Uh, again, Kyle Shanahan said, yeah, he's probably pissed off, but that's okay. Jimmy's a good dude. Um, I, I'm not I'm not here. I, I, I'm, I feel pretty confident Jimmy's going to do what's right for the team. I, I just think that's what's going to happen. Um, Terrell goes on to say, I like Lance too, uh, but don't want to see him thrust into the starting right away. Yeah, same. Uh, I don't want any quarterback going into uh, immediate playing time. I just don't believe that. 
I just do not believe that. Uh, Chris, all the way from Alaska. That's what's up, buddy. Uh, put on a jacket. Listen to your podcast every week. Would you trade up for Caleb Farley? I don't think I would. And I love Caleb Farley. He's my number three player on my big board. I don't think I trade up for him. I really, really don't. Um, those injuries scare the hell out of me. Now, if he falls all the way to 43, I'd be okay with it. I would be very happy. Uh, the idea that you could get a top-tier quarter and a top-tier corner without trading up, yeah, I think I would. I wanted him. He was my dream pick at 12, right? And if he's there at 12, I'm taking him. But, man, that back scares the hell out of me. After a year off of football, he just had to have back surgery again. D Ford scares the hell out of me. But at pick 43, you remember Jalen Smith right out of Notre Dame. Complete tour of the ACL, MCL, everything. That's about where the Cowboys took him. I don't know the exact number. It might have been earlier. But now you're into the, that territory where it's a huge risk-reward. So, yeah, I would be fine spending that second-round pick on, on far, uh, fairly. I'd be so happy with that. Um, and, oh, what's up, Kate? We got uh, multiple Alaskans. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, whenever you, you, you look at those things, I, I'd be fine with it. I really, really would. Uh, let's see here from Anderson. John, what do you think of, I think it's Crocky's take on Stokes, not playing as fast as he runs. Not Oh, 100% agreed with that. Um, whenever the pro day was happening at Georgia and I saw the 429 times, I was like, I was very, very shocked. He's much more of a reactionary corner. I think in the clip we just saw, too, you see that. So there's pros to cons to reactionary corners. He likes to look at the quarterback. The system that they played at Georgia, and you see this also with Tyson Campbell, the opposing corner, he's probably going to be a third-round pick out of Georgia. Uh, he had top-end speed, too, but he gets beat deep all the time. What, what, what's that about? Um, so, yeah, Georgia, they tested everybody there tested fast. So let's say even if you had a second, let's say he's a 4-3-9. You check the speed off. And I think Stokes does play fast in coverage. He's a little bit more of a read and react corner than just a blazer. Um, you know, you, you look at some of the other guys that are out there at the cornerback position. You know, if you just want pure speed, then you go get a guy like Greg Newsom. He plays to the speed that he ran at. And, you know, you line Greg Newsom and Eric Stokes up next to each other. Yeah, they might tie each other, but the game field tells a different story. Stokes doesn't play that fast. He plays fast. But you don't watch Stokes film and say, man, I bet this is a 4-2 guy. You watch Greg Newsome and you're like, that dude runs a 4-2. <laughs> like, like you, you can see it. Now, again, it's pro days. You add a half a second uh, to these. That kind of gets you the combine time. But they're both 4-3 guys. So, yeah, that's a legitimate concern with Eric Stokes. However, you don't see him get beat deep. And so whenever you're talking about play speed and you're talking about top-end speed, that is what is key. And I, I never really saw that there. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I agree. I think you're talking about Crocky. Yeah, I see it there. <clears throat> now, that's going to do it for us today. Man, This is a, we went past an hour, baby. We did it. An hour. <laughs> I love it. Really appreciate all the support. We got another giveaway next episode. Hit that subscribe notification bell. That is key. That's going to do it for us. We'll catch you next time. And as always, stay strong, faithful. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.